Hi there guys and welcome to Minds of Metal. So as usual with these videos, you, you should be used to it by now. Dash is not with me on these ones because these are around the solo videos uh, that we decided we'd do every now and then. Um, so this is, as I've said before in the previous videos, this is our countdown to the best album of 2022. So New Year's Eve this year, you're going to get a video from me and Daria that's going to be proper in-depth review of our favourite album of 2022. I thought I got too many, too much other, too many other albums that I enjoyed as well. So I thought I'd do these little videos in the build up to New Year's Eve to um, tell you about my favourite albums of 2022. So in fifth place, we had The Great Heathen Army by Aim on the Marth. In fourth place, which was last week's video, we did Parkway Drive, Darker Still. And in third place uh, is Slipknot, The End So Far. So I'll tell you my thoughts on the album sort of briefly um, before I dig a bit deeper into it. It's an interesting odd one because a lot of people, you go on their Facebook, you go on their Instagram, and a lot of people did not like this album. Um, and if I'm honest, I don't know why. I don't entirely know why people didn't like the album. There are elements that I didn't like. There are songs I don't really get on with. But as an album, I thought it was pretty consistent with the last few Slipknot albums we've had, as well as paying homage to early Slipknot as well. Um, but that's just me. You know, that's just me. Let's get into it. Uh, so I think the most contentious and controversial part of this album is the first song, which is called Adderall. And I loved it, honestly. I thought it was fantastic. Just so different and unique. I mean, if you're a band like Slipknot, who have got 30 years of history behind you, well, almost 30 years of history behind you, it's like, why can you not try and dare to be different and do different things? It's not like the whole album sounded like Adderall and every song was kind of like that odd indie rock sort of thing. Um, it's just the first song and everything after that was kind of old Slipknot. Again, we'll get into the bones of it in a minute, but I don't know. I just thought it was great. I thought it reminded me of that. There's a band, an indie band called Elbow and Corey's voice in this song sounds just like the singer. I think he's called, um, guy, is it Guy, Guy Garvey, Guy Harvey or something? Um, but anyway, sing that. Uh, the chorus vocal line was so jazzy. Just the way that all the voices worked together, the harmonies that each layer of the vo uh, each layer of each voice produced this chord that sounded so jazzy, and I thought it was really lovely. Um, but anyway, we'll move on from that because I know it's not a lot of people's favourites. Track two, the dying song, and track three, Chapel Town Rag. I thought these were great songs because I felt moments from new Slipknot and old Slipknot in there. Let me talk quickly about new and old Slipknot. New Slipknot, I think All Hope Is Gone to Now. And Old Slipknot, I think everything pre-All Hope Is Gone. They just had this thing with their music. Maybe Volume 3 was the cat... Maybe it was the, the, the change. You know, you had the debut album and you had Iowa, Volume 3, then All Hope Is Gone, We Are Not Your Kind, great, uh, great chapter, you know. So I think maybe Volume 3 sits in the middle as the changeover between the two eras. Um... And I felt these songs both had elements of new and old Slipknot. You know, you got the electronic intro of Chapel Town Rag, Rag really reminded me of Eyeless. Um, the chorus was very heavy and reminiscent of Iowa era Slipknot. Uh, the outro of Chapel Town Rag was heavy as well. Um, the dying song, uh, I thought the intro vocals and chorus were very much like the new Slipknot, you know, focusing on singing and nice melodic vocals as opposed to just shouting, but then mix that with the heavier elements of the old Slipknot, which is why I really enjoyed the first two songs. Yen, as well, is another song I really, really enjoyed. I thought it has a lovely way of building the layers of the song and getting you from the start to the finish um, by developing and keeping interesting. 
If you guys watched the video last week about Parkway Drive, I mentioned the song If A God Can Bleed, which was kind of based around like one piano riff and Winston, the singer from Parkway Drive, kind of narrates over it and talks over that. Um, quite similar in this as well. Um, I thought what was really nice about this is it was heavy song. It had a heavy chorus and a heavy you know, the heaviness through it. Um, but the guitar riffs were very simple compared to normal Slipknot. I mean, if you listen to the song Warranty from this album, the guitar riffs are very complicated and very intricate. But then Yen, the, the, they're, they're just much more simplified. But I don't feel like it takes away or it lessens the song in any way. I thought it was really, really good song. Um, it is overproduced. There's a lot of production on it and a lot of effects. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the production at the end. But I think it works because you're they're, they're kind of going for this odd atmospheric feeling about it and when there's less going on instrumentally it means you can allow yourself more space for special effects and for electronic sounds to creep in um, but yeah yen is a is a favorite of mine i have to say um hive mind was great you know this really groovy verse and pre-chorus and what i mean by that is um slipknot have this way um i think i can't remember the name of the, of the band member the guy who hits the the barrel all day um now, if you're counting, I'm not going to get too theoretical here, but if you're counting beats and you've got one, two, three, four, if you accent beats two and beats four, it makes the song groovy. Now, this applies normally to jazz. If you're playing a jazz bass line, uh, if you accent one and three, it's not going to groove as well, like boom, 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 boom. But if you accent two and four, boom, 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 boom. It kind of, you just want to swing a bit more. And the same applies for metal. That's where groove metal comes from. Listen to Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. The accent, and Slipknot do this. And it's almost signature Slipknot. They do it all the time. And accenting that two and four really does just make you want to move and it, it grooves. Um, so I thought that was really cool, a really cool aspect of Hive Mind. Um, it's a very, very heavy song and there's a few that fall into a bracket of what I'm going to say. Maybe Hive Mind, Warranty, uh, H377, which my friend told me actually meant hell, which I didn't see that before. Anyway, um, I feel Slipknot have this very fine line between heavy and messy. And I think in the past, I'm happy to admit as a big Slipknot fan, some of their stuff has been messy for me. Um, some stuff on Iowa, I thought was just too, there's just too much going on. It's too heavy. And I'm not going to be like, oh, heavy metal's too noisy. But it's just like, you know, do you, I think some of you get what I mean. There is a fine line between just being very heavy and being messy. And I feel Hive Mind is just so ever so slightly sitting on that line. But I thought it was on the correct side of the line. Um, it just did enough um, to remain heavy without being messy. And I thought it was a really cool song. Um, Warranty. I mean, yeah, same like the song before. It had a really nice dynamic change in the bridge, actually, where it brings it down a bit. I thought that was nice. Um, now, the next two songs are kind of, kind of interesting. It's Medicine for the Dead and Acidic. And you're kind of getting this kind of, <laughs> if we're calling debut to volume three old Slipknot and all hope is gone to now new Slipknot then we're going to get a new new Slipknot category where they're playing with these very atmospheric sounds where they're going very heavy on the production the effects and the electronic sides um it's the atmosphere there is nice but it sets up this kind of weirdness for the rest of the song uh, i enjoyed the change of pace in the vocals you know we've heard screaming and shouting all the way up to now um but you've got a singing verse and then he goes back to the heavy shouting vocals for the pre-chorus um now i didn't mention this in the start um but i felt or no did i about the jazzy kind of vocal line in adderall 
And funnily enough, jazz is going to be something that I come back to a few times in this little sort of review. Um, the dissonance and the chromaticism in the chorus of Medicine for the Dead is very interesting because it does have that jazzy feel. It's like... It's just this descending line, but it plays really nicely with the chords that are behind it and just setting up that dissonance and just making you feel a little uneasy going, oh, what's that? But then as it's it's completely released. So again, not going to get too theoretical, but in jazz... You have tension where you build up and you play solos and you play the wrong notes and then you release it by playing the right notes. And I feel like Slip will do a lot of this in this album. Um, the song Acidic, I didn't really get on with this song. It didn't really do much for me, um, but I did enjoy the chorus. I thought it was really weird, really atmospheric, and it kind of did the same thing like in Medicine for the Dead. Um, and sort of linking back to the jazzness of it, it is almost proggy in the sense that the way they're playing with these chords and harmonies is quite progressive. You know, I don't really hear too many other metal bands paying this much attention to the harmonies and chords they're playing behind a vocal line. And I thought that was a really nice uh, element of the song. Um, Heirloom, interesting, because I think the intro was very promising and really heavy. And I thought it had a lot that could have gone well. But then when the vocals come in, it kind of just felt a bit stone soury to me. Um, didn't really do anything. I didn't think it was a special song, but it's good and I could listen to it again. Um, Hell or H377. Um, it, this is a nice return because after a time away from this new atmospheric Slipknot, it comes back and we kind of get hints of early Slipknot with the rapping vocals really heavy. Again, the fine line between heavy and messy that I thought they kind of just got right with this one. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on Dessard because it wasn't for me. I didn't really like the song. I, I, I honestly thought that the album could have done without it. But um, some like it, some don't. Just just not for me, this one. And Finale, I thought this one was really good. Really enjoyed this song. Um, I love the way it build, layer by layer. Um, the string section is lovely. And the vocal performance from Corey is really, really nice. Um, and the choral aspect of the song with the choir coming in at various stages and uh, adding to those layers, I thought was really cool. And it's, it's kind of like, we've kind of gone full circle because you got the choir, didn't you, at the start of, oh no, you got the, the, the vocals in Adderall. Um, and you've kind of come full circle with those with that sort of choir coming back for the finale. Uh, and I thought there was a really cool and heavy bridge in there. So yeah, that's, they're, they're my thoughts on sort of song by song. In terms of summing up the album and why it's my uh, third favorite of the year, I feel like, actually, I'll talk about the production first. I feel like Corey's vocals, I think these, the performance-wise and execution-wise, I think his vocals are stunning. I think they sound incredible. His singing is brilliant. His shouting is brilliant. His screaming is brilliant. I kind of feel that the production le lets it down a bit on this side. I feel like with Slipknot, you're used to and prepared for this raw unaltered heaviness of growls. And I feel like overproducing is of a detriment to this album and especially his vocals um i think it makes it slightly weaker his vocals did all the work but the overproduction may have taken away that raw feeling and sometimes i feel that less is more sometimes if you just kind of let Corey do his thing and don't produce it and affect it so much maybe it would have been better um nothing taking away though his vocal performance was fantastic but there's just something in every song it's just like I can't even put my finger on it. I'm not a produ producer. I'm not a sound engineer. I, I can't really tell you the, the, the minute aspects of it, but just my feeling towards it. I thought 
the, the majority of songs were good songs in terms of their songwriting, but it didn't quite feel like they gelled together. It felt like maybe a couple of guys bought, or maybe some guy bought this song and someone else bought that song. That guy wrote three songs and they just bundled these songs together. Um, so yeah, that was interesting because songs like Heirloom, I liked it, but it just didn't feel like it fitted, um, in, 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 in line with the other songs. Um, Adderall too, I suppose you could say it, despite the fact I loved it, you could say that about Adderall. Um, but again, when I think, I think when you have a first song of an album, you're allowed to do something kind of crazy because then what follows is what the album's really about. So I love, and I mean love, the first half of the album. The first seven songs I think are phenomenal and I think it's among Slipknot's best writing. I think you've got uh, uh, elements of early Slipknot. Um, I think you've got also the good aspects, the anthemic choruses of new Slipknot. Um, but for me, everything after Medicine for the Dead is kind of a bit jumbled. There's songs I like, there's songs I think are good, especially Finale, but I don't know, there's a, there's a cohesion from songs one to seven that I didn't feel from seven to 12. And that's where I feel the album's let down. But in the end, listen, it's my third favorite album of 2022. Darker Still's amazing. The Great Heathen Army's amazing. There's stuff in the next video I'm going to talk about, honorable mentions that didn't get a video, that were brilliant albums. But yes, still, this Slipknot one has made it for me. And that's because of the quality of the songwriting. The first half of the album is immaculate, in my opinion. And I think this album is just an, a fantastic amalgamation of everything Slipknot have done. From the debut album to We Are Not Your Kind, it feels like they've learned from each aspect. Not necessarily learned, but... Okay, maybe learn. Learn and take an aspects from each of these albums and put them together to give us uh, the end so far. Or for me, at least, the first seven songs of the end so far. So yeah, for that reason, that is why Slipknot, the end so far, is my third favourite album of 2022. Uh, so join us again next week, or join me again next week, where I'm going to give you my second favourite album of 2022. And then New Year's Eve this year, myself and Dario are going to bring you a nice big video of our favourite album of 2022. So as usual, guys, please hit like, subscribe, share it with anyone you know who loves Slipknot or metal. Um, and thank you for joining us on the Minds of Metal. Have a metal day.